January. Here we are, January. Root and reboot. Root and reboot is the theme, and we've been talking about restarting, renewing, refreshing, recommitting, right? Getting up and, and doing that sort of thing. Today is, is uh, New Year, right? It's just a Chinese New Year. We have the year of the rabbit. It is the water rabbit, by the way, because each one of those signs is associated with some, one of the five elements. So earth, air, fire, water, metal. And so this is a water rabbit. I don't know what the differences are, but there you go. <laughs> I love that. So Happy New Year. We celebrate everything here at Vision because I think life should be a celebration. It really should be. Every, you know, the newness of things, whenever the calendar turns, whenever there's something new to, to celebrate. Yesterday was Ernest Holmes' birthday, so we can celebrate that as well. He would, 136, right? He would have been 136, so yay. Yeah, Ernest Holmes' birthday. So this is like, what a month. What a month. We've had so much to celebrate already. I love it. And so, so the, the theme is root and reboot. Like I said, we talked about refill on the first Sunday about going away and just like being, being quiet and just refilling ourselves. And then refresh was the week after. And then last week, our wonderful ministerial student, Marcus, uh, made us uh, listen. Well, he didn't make us, but he led us through recognize, which I love, absolutely love. And today we're going to move forward with renew. So what does it mean to renew? Right? What does it mean to renew? I, took, I just took it literally, so I went to the dictionary, right? What does it mean to renew? And one of the definitions is to extend for a further period the validity of something, right? We renew our driver's license. We, you know, renew a subscription to a magazine. We renew our new woman. <laughs> I don't even think they make that magazine anymore. Anyway, we renew things, right? But the other, um, the other definition is um, to resume an activity after an interruption, like the meeting was renewed after the protest, right? The, you know, sort of something like that, right? Something that was interrupted and then begins again is renewed. So resume after an interruption. And I started thinking about that in terms of, <laughs> that's our lives right now, isn't it? Really, that's our lives right now. After about three years of COVID, we are renewing our lives. We are in the midst of renewing our lives, restoring back to normalcy or some new normal, right? There's kind of a new normal that we're creating um, after the COVID, after sheltering in place, after, remember wiping down all your groceries before you bring them in the house? Remember doing that? Oh my God, what a, what a weird life, you know? And then staying apart and staying home and wearing masks everywhere you went. Oh, man, three years of going through all of that stuff. And now we are renewing our lifestyles. You know, and for the most, well, I think for most of us, I'm sure it's a part, right? It's a little of maybe resuming activities we always participated in before, <laughs> before the plague, you know? And then, and, and then maybe some, some of us are living part of that and part of living a new normal where things have changed and things we didn't do before that we're doing now. You know, so it's sort of, it's like breaking our lives up, right? B.C. and A.D., just like in history, right? Before COVID, after disease. <laughs> you know, we, we've reinvented it, you know? It's like, here's where we are, folks. And, and part of... This renewing our lives is doing familiar things maybe in new ways, right? It's all about change. It is all about change. And, and so part of renewing might be 
oh, you know, eating healthier foods, right? Eating healthier foods, particularly during COVID, during the sheltering at home time when maybe we were eating more comfort foods. Anybody? Anybody but me? Am I the only one here? Comfort foods, right? When we were sheltering in place, because that's what we do normally. When we're stuck and we can, and we don't know what's going to happen, and we're a little unsure about things, we go to comfort foods: biscuits and gravy, mashed potatoes and gravy, pot roast and gravy. <laughs> I sense a theme here for me. You know, we we get that. You know, we get that. Need to just comfort ourselves with going through something like that. So we renew a commitment, maybe to eat healthier as we're coming out of this, or eat at least eat as healthy as we did before COVID, or maybe just change it totally. Right? Part of renewing might be getting back to the gym. Anybody going back to the gym? No, no. Anybody? <laughs> yes, I saw a couple of yeses. I did. We vowed to commit to get back into shape, and I said, "Hey, I'm round. Round is a shape." Oh, the problem is here, but some of us do, you know, or, or build the gym in your in your spare room or in your garage or something. We we start making this a new normal for ourselves.、Um, part of renewing might be just walking more, getting out in the air more, getting more steps in on your little you know thingy on your wrist, you know, and being more active in general because we've been sheltering in place so long. We've been sitting in our rooms and working from home and. And being in front of our computers so much, so maybe that's part of this renewing. This sense of renewal is to be more active in general. We're going back to the theater, right? The theaters are open now. Yeah, yeah, everybody's clapping that. The theaters are open again. The movies are open again. All kinds of things. Concerts are happening. Concerts are happening. Excuse me, here at Vision too, as well. So come there, right? Part of renewing is usually getting back to. Our daily spiritual practice as well, which may have fallen away during COVID because you just didn't feel like it, right? Or for whatever reason. And you know, going into lockdown isn't the only reason we fall away from our spiritual practice. There are a whole host of reasons why we start skipping our daily spiritual practice. Anybody? Anybody like go? You know, a couple of days go by and having the little the little meditation cushion is getting a little dusty because your behind wasn't on it. You know, <laughs> anybody just get too tired during the day? Oh, it's just it's just too much. I can't do it. I'm tired or too busy too busy to sit in meditation. Oh no, I got way much way too much to do, or maybe too doubtful.、Eh, this stuff doesn't work anyway. What am I doing? Right, wasting my time. Well, here's what Ernest Holmes had to say about your spiritual practice. <laughs> He said, "No matter how many thoughts of doubt enter into our minds, let us brush them aside. If we do this, we shall soon discover that through the Spirit within us, we shall meet every doubt that enters our mind with a greater faith. We shall meet every confusion with a deeper sense of calmness. We will take the time to do this every day." To start and to end our day with a sense of peace and well-being—that's what your spiritual practice is all about, right? To start and end your day with this sense of peace and well-being. And easier said than done, isn't it? Because life has a tendency to get in the way. You know, sometimes it's just easier to say it than do it. I don't know why, but there are many times throughout our lives where we fall away from our spiritual practice, even though we know it's the best thing for us. 
by spiritual practices like, you know, like riding a bicycle. Somebody had said that. Somebody made that um, comparison. I can't remember who it was. But, you know, when you're on your spiritual practice, you're pedaling your bicycle and pedaling your bicycle and everything's great. And when you fall away from it, it's like you stop pedaling. And it'll go for a little while, right, on its own. And then what happens? Yeah, it falls over. We fall over. So it's like that. Our spiritual practice is necessary every day. Um, in, in, <laughs> and we don't do it. <laughs> Right? We fall away from it every once in a while for any reason. Any reason will do. Right? In Romans 7:15, they say, for, for this was Paul, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Right? And we're, aren't we all there? Weren't we all there at some point? You know, it's like, oh, I really shouldn't have that extra piece of cake, but I'm gonna. You know, I really should get to the gym, but I won't. Right? Oh my gosh, I missed the gym yesterday, just like the last 375 days. Right? <laughs> but I'll get there. That membership is still there, I'll tell you. Right? We know what's good for us, but, right? But, too tired? Too tired. Sit anyway. Sit on your meditation cushion anyway. What are you doing when you're sitting in meditation? You're not doing anything anyway. How can you be too tired to do nothing? <laughs> my God. Right? You're sitting there on your meditation cushion. You're sitting there waiting for nothing to happen. You, you might as well, right? And so what if you fall asleep? Well, so what if you fall asleep during meditation? It just means you're not getting enough sleep. That's all it means. So just do it, just do it every day anyway. Do it every day. Not that you can't meditate, right? Well, every time I meditate, I fall asleep. Fine, do it, right? At least you're meditating. Too busy? I know, love people. People come to me all the time saying, oh, I can't meditate, I'm too busy, I'm too fidgety, I can't sit still. That is just the deception of distraction. That's all it is. I'm too busy, my mind keeps going, I can't sit, I can't concentrate, I got too much to do. It is the deception of distraction. It's the ego's way of keeping you relying on it instead of your inner spiritual being. That's all it is. It is a way for ego to keep us distracted so we are not relying on our inner spiritual truth, our guide, our highest self. We just let ego be in charge. And ego will run you around all over the place and tell you what to do and where to go. And you're just too busy to meditate. And remember what ego stands for, right? Edging God out. That's all it is, edging God out because your ego knows better. So when we're too busy to meditate, we can be too busy for a variety of reasons. A variety of reasons. And they're all avoidance reasons. This is the, this is the deception of distraction. Remember, overwhelm is a choice, right? It just doesn't happen to us. Overwhelm is a choice. We, we purposefully will overstructure our lives, we'll overcommit, we'll, we won't take that time out to refill like we talked about it the first Sunday of the month. Right? But we're choosing to be overwhelmed, being too busy, committing to too many things. We are definitely prioritizing, but your spiritual practice is not in the top spot when you don't have time to meditate. Right? And why is that? Well, I think for a lot of us, I think for a lot of us, the silence scares us. Because when we slow down and shut up, <laughs> what are we going to find in there? What are we going to find in there? 
right? If we just slow down and sit in the silence whether or not we want to, what are we going to find in there? Perhaps something we don't like. And that's where the deception of distraction leads us away from it because we don't want to look in there. We don't want to look. There'll be something in there we don't like. There'll be something in there maybe we need to heal. Maybe we, need, we do need to look at. And that's when the real work begins, right? To heal those things inside of us that are driving us to not look at them. <laughs> that's when the real work begins. What if we get too doubtful? Did you ever get too doubtful with your spiritual practice? Did you ever get too doubtful for your, for your faith philosophy? Like, oh, this is not working. This is not working for me. I don't think things are transforming in my life. There's, that's not there. <laughs> There's a big banner there in the spring that says transforming lives through practical spirituality. We are a practical spirituality. This is what we do. We transform lives. We want to see that transformation. You want to see that transformation in your own life. Life is better. Life is happier. Life is, life is more abundant. Life is more joyful. Life is whatever, whatever. That's what this spiritual philosophy is about. We start doubting when things don't come according to our timetable. That's really where the doubt comes in, doesn't it? Like I've been praying, 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 and nothing's happening. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen according to our timetable, so that's where the doubt sneaks in. Our doubt keeps things from transforming. See, this is the way it works, though. Isn't that weird? Things don't happen for a little bit, and then we start to doubt, but the doubt itself keeps things from transforming because we kind of put the brakes on. Ernest Holmes said this, all thoughts of doubt concerning one's ability to heal come from the belief that it is the personality and not the law that does the healing. We think we're the ones that are doing it. And so if it doesn't happen, if it doesn't do it, well, then, then this doesn't work. All thoughts of doubt concerning one's ability to heal come from the belief it is the personality and not the law that does the healing. So when we give it over to God, there's no stopping spirit. There's no condition in your life that cannot be healed by spirit. That's just the way it is. And sometimes we fall away from our spiritual practice because we think we got this. Right? Do you, ever, you know that, that joke about the lady looking for the parking spot up and down, up and down the aisles, looking for the parking spot? She can't get it. So she finally, after a while, goes to prayer. Oh, God, please get me that parking spot in front of the store. And then all of a sudden, the car pulls out, and she pulls in right in front of the, right in front of the store, and she goes, never mind, God, I got it. <laughs> we feel like we're doing it. Right? We feel like we got it. We don't need God. You, God, you can sit down. <laughs> sit down, take a break. I got this handled. We think we can do life on our own. So we fall away from our spiritual practice, right? I don't need God in this. And then something happens. You know, you know how that goes. We, we feel like we don't need the divine activity in our lives. We can handle everything, and we relegate spirit to the background. See the above quote. <laughs> all thoughts of doubt concerning one's ability to heal come from the belief it is the personality and not the law which does the healing. We are, we are putting ourselves in that place. When we, when we think we've got this, I got this, I ain't got this. It's like, it's just not, it's just not the truth of us. It is always spirit doing the healing, always. You can take credit for it. 
It's all right, but it is always spirit that does the healing. You know those bumper stickers? I love those bumper stickers. The certain faith, faith philosophies have, you know, God is my co-pilot. Honey, if God is your co-pilot, you sit in the wrong chair. You know, you are just like, move the hell over because spirit's supposed to be leading the way. You know, spirit's supposed to be our place of first resort, not last resort, right? We don't do our spiritual practice. We don't, we don't, we don't. Then something comes up and it's like, oh my God, I got to pray about this because it's all going off the rails. You already need to be praying. You already need to be sitting. You already need to have your spiritual practice in place so that when things do come up, and inevitably they come up, they're just a bump in the road. You've got this spiritual practice to fall down, back to. You know what, what the truth is. It must be your place of first resort and not last resort. How do you get to be excellent on the piano? How do you get to be excellent on the piano, Mark? Practice. Practice, 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 right? How do you get to be skilled on anything? Practice, practice, practice. Here's a quote from this thing called life. Ernest Holmes said, do you and I really believe that there is a power greater than we are? That's a real fundamental question for us as religious science. Do we actually believe there is a law of good available in the human affairs and relationships? Do we? This is, this is the fundamental question. These are the two most vital questions in our lives, and they must be answered, he said. They should be answered in the affirmative, we do believe. There is already something within us put there by a power greater than we are, which is strong and resilient and unafraid. And we must take time to develop this something to really feel its presence and feel its power. We must believe it and remove all doubt. Ernest Holmes said, we must have mental discipline and spiritual practice. Mental discipline and spiritual practice. He actually said in that same talk, he said, if you do desire to become skilled at the piano, you practice the piano. You don't throw stones at it. <laughs> right? And that's what our doubt, that's what our doubts are. Our doubts are throwing stones at our, our, our mind, our spiritual practice, our truth, right? We must take time for it. We must do it. We unbusy ourselves, unburden ourselves, and do it. And we don't talk about doing it. I know a lot of people talk about it. Oh, yeah, 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 I do every day. Oh, yes, I do every day. And then something comes up and they fall apart and I go, mm, yeah, not so much. <laughs> you know, mm, yeah, I don't think so. Right? We must take time for it. We can't just talk about doing it. We can't throw stones at it. Right? Throw doubt at it. Like throwing stones at the piano. We must know that we know. Ephesians, don't be, uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everything begins in mind. Everything, everything, everything begins in mind. So we must have our spiritual practice to keep our mind centered on truth and clear and convinced of the power of our word. We have to believe in that power greater than we are and allow it to flow through us and change conditions around us. We have to believe. Spirit does not care what came before. Spirit does not care what your current conditions are. Spirit can transform them. That's just the truth. Not you, not me. Spirit. Spirit does the work. 
And then in John 16, 30, I love this. He said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. That Christ consciousness is in you. That Christ consciousness that says, I have overcome the world. That means I've overcome the physical limitations of the world. I've overcome the tribulations. That Christ consciousness in you overcomes those physical conditions. And it does it through prayer and speaking your word and and changing the conditions around you. The Christ consciousness in us overcomes the world. It is not bound by precedent. That's what that means. I have overcome the world. It means principle is not bound by precedent. That was Thomas Troward. That was his interpretation of that. What comes before doesn't matter. I don't care if you had the same experience a hundred times in a row. When you change your consciousness, you change the conditions around you. Spirit realized must result in a, in a change in something, a change in conditions. The Christ consciousness in us does the work through us that needs to be done by us. When we are totally convinced in our own minds, without a doubt, that there is a power in the universe greater than we are, then we can use it. We are transformed. That is our philosophy. Then we are renewed. Thank you.